This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Microsoft rolls out FPGAs across cloud. And NVIDIA builds momentum in Europe. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening into another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research. I'm Addison Snell. And This Week in HPC is distributed in partnership with our friends at top500.org. I'm joined again by my co-host, Michael Feldman, who's the editor over there. How's it going, Michael? Very well, Addison. How's it going with you? I'm doing great. In fact, you're doing really great this week outside of HPC, Michael. I, you had a big announcement of your own. You're a first-time grandfather. Congratulations. Hey, thanks very much. Yeah, I have a nice uh, baby granddaughter, my very first. And, uh, yeah, I'm very happy for my uh, my son and daughter-in-law. That's their first as well, obviously. And, uh, yeah, big big day in their lives and big day in mine, I guess. I don't, I don't feel any different, but... Uh, <laughs> Certainly happy for them, and uh, yeah, a new family member in the in the extended family now. Well, congratulations from me and from all of us in the industry. That's a big step. But meanwhile, <laughs> the news didn't take a week off just because you no. were busy with all that, and we had a lot going on with uh, AI in particular. There's a, the GTC conference going on in Europe, but separate from that, we haven't talked about the Microsoft Azure cloud in a while, and they had an an FPGA story here. FPGAs go bing, Michael. Yeah, huge story for Microsoft this week. They've been doing uh, this sort of behind the scenes. And what they've been doing was uh, installing FPGAs across the cloud, uh, unbeknownst to basically anybody except if you're working inside the company. And right now they've got something on the order of an exa-op, an exa-operation of capability inside Azure now. Uh, they've got this new... Uh, basically catapult design, the design of the server that they've, uh, they were talking about a while back that they've, uh, used to work on certain artificial intelligence problems as sort of a research project. And what they've been doing over the last few years is rolling out this infrastructure across the, uh, across the cloud. And now they've got a lot of capability, what they're calling an AI supercomputer. And they talked about it a lot at, uh, the Ignite conference in Atlanta. They had a big presentation about it and a lot of, uh, uh, very interesting demonstrations about what that cloud could do. Yeah, this is very interesting. You know, Microsoft, of course, has a, a lot of irons in the fire with artificial intelligence. They've got everything going on with Bing and speech and, and uh, their own Cortana product. And it, we hadn't seen a lot of announcements from them. A lot of the announcements have been over on the, the GPU side and NVIDIA. And now here you get these uh, Altera FPGAs coming into uh, into this system, showing that there's another architecture for doing this. Microsoft, of course, has been building up its HPC cloud presence, which it had started years ago you know, when Microsoft was building its presence in HPC just from the entry-level Windows side going back to 10 years ago, 2007, 2008. Then when it all went underneath Azure, it, it kind of took a step back as cloud wasn't really ready for a lot of that yet. And, and now they've, they've been building their their presence again with Azure. They've been incorporating a lot of H, more HPC-oriented tools. Now they've got some higher performance processing element capabilities. This is a, a really interesting development for, for Microsoft in, in HPC and in AI. Yeah, absolutely. Now, for the time being, these FPGAs don't look like they're going to be used for 
more traditional sort of public cloud HPC. I think they've still got uh, their traditional infrastructure there where you could use the CPUs and even GPUs, which they they still got in as part of the cloud. Uh, these FPGAs are going to be used uh, for AI is what they're talking about, but mainly for the machine learning types of applications that you alluded to at the beginning. So not necessarily the training part of it, but the inferencing part of it, right. doing doing the image recognition, the Skype language translation, the Bing searches, uh, all, all sorts of things for uh, that that all the users of uh, of the Microsoft Cloud are used to doing sort of at a consumer level and even business level. So they're they're spread widely across the infrastructure, and and like I, I said, it's it's uh, you know maybe a, a hundred thousand or more servers out to an exa op of capability there, and it's it's now. Uh, basically driving a lot of the capability behind things like Bing and Cortana and some of these some of these other facilities that Microsoft now owns. Are you surprised to see this being FPGAs and not uh, GPUs or some other type of processing element? Well, yes and no. I mean, Microsoft historically has done a lot of research into FPGAs with regard to AI. I mean, they started this this uh, project with Bing and. Uh, a while back, and they got some nice results from it. They've even played around with using FPGAs for training to a certain extent, and they found that you know even that worked to some extent rather well. Um, they seem to be quite impressed by the reconfigurability aspect and low power aspect of FPGAs. So that's a good solution for them, uh, considering they need to deploy these this infrastructure across a uh, basically a web server type of. Uh, type of infrastructure where you can't put like these 250 or 300 watt GPUs in there uh, to do sort of that that type of thing. You need much lower power devices. Plus you need things that are, that are going to be highly efficient at these operations. So the FPGAs offer sort of both those things. They can be reconfigured to basically act like like hardware for specific types of algorithms and they have the, the power efficiency of that would that would make them very suitable for what they have in mind here so a little bit of surprising that they didn't maybe you know sort of split the difference and use maybe some gpus in some of this but for what they have in mind it it does sort of make a lot of sense from my point of view how about you do you think were you surprised about this not when you look at the applications that Microsoft is going to be targeting. As you pointed out, this isn't a big general purpose for any kind of technical computing task. And for the hyperscale right. applications that Microsoft is most interested in, accelerating search, accelerating speech recognition, language translation, those are things that an FPGA can be well-suited toward. And if they want to specialize in those areas, make them be very consumer focused. This is going to be a consumer focused cloud. This is a, a that that uh, that Microsoft does, and uh, and I think FPGAs can fit right into that. Uh, so so it is interesting. Now GPU momentum is is still building. We've seen a yep. flurry of announcements going on with Nvidia with its its GTC conference going on. There was also an announcement related to that. That came from Amazon, and including Amazon offering new GPU types of partitions in its cloud. Yeah, that was an interesting announcement. They've got a very big instance now where they have 16 GPUs, basically eight of these uh, Tesla K80 accelerators on the on the uh, the Kepler architecture that they put into 
one of their instances for very large GPU compute types of applications, which in this case is going to look mostly, uh, I'm looking mostly at uh, deep learning, machine learning type applications, but certainly certain types of HPC applications that have done the porting to graphics processors could also use those instances. Yeah, they're calling these P2 instances for Amazon EC2 and in what's they're calling an Amazon machine image or AMI. These heavy GPU uh, instances through Amazon, I'm with you. I think that, that it's going to be predominantly on the deep learning side. Now, they're saying they're also targeting... Uh, computational fluid dynamics, computational finance, seismic analysis, molecular mo- modeling, genomics, um, all of these HPC areas. But our research on our side would indicate that those HPC, traditional HPC applications are still really slow going to cloud. It exists. They'll have case studies. You'll see them. They'll look impressive. But in terms of the volume portion of the market, I think what makes this a breakout opportunity is the AI space, which is yeah. really catching fire. And this is going to be the, the big talk of the industry. It's a huge new application area. And I think that's going to be most of the volume on these kinds of servers. Yeah, and especially when you consider a lot of these, uh, a lot of the potential users for those services are startup types of uh, application or startup types of companies, and they don't have any infrastructure. So they would, uh, it would be attractive for them to look to a cloud infrastructure to to try out some of their uh, their software or some of their methods so well regardless of whether it's a startup company it's a startup infrastructure you're building out something different you don't need it all the time and it's when you need that a lot of something new for not all the time that the cloud model really makes more sense yeah now the amazon didn't say how many of these instances are out there and i'm I'm guessing they're starting with you know a relatively small number, but they'll see what the demand is like and if they if they get more demand obviously they'll they'll uh gear up accordingly but it is a very interesting uh uh set of applications and instance and probably i'm I'm guessing the the most g p u dense uh type of infrastructure you can you can rent in a the cloud these days. Now, these weren't the only GPU and AI-related stories that we had. Of course, GTC has been going on in Europe. This is the first time that NVIDIA's had a a European-based GPU technology conference, and they've been putting out their own announcements in relation to that. And I think that the big trend that's coming out of that, Michael, is that they've got a lot of momentum in Europe for these deep learning applications now. Yeah, they used the opportunity of the of the GTC Europe conference to announce some of those. Some of those were known before. I know it, we had Top 500 reported on one of those, a company called Benevolent AI, a startup in the drug discovery and life sciences business. They bought a, a DGX1 uh, server with the, the eight Pascal GPUs in them. But this DGX1 is becoming uh, a, a more popular platform these days. It's basically a, I mean, it's basically a development platform that NVIDIA built and put out there to sort of see the, uh, see the community with the idea of, of using uh, this infrastructure or this, uh, this processor for deep learning applications. It's very dense. It's just a 2U box, but it's got, you know, a lot of, a lot of deep learning uh, operations or flops in there, basically. So, uh, they announced three or four different organizations, two of which they're collaborating with. Some, we're assuming they gave them those DGX ones. They're 
They're actually funding those. Uh, Nvidia is funding those with some research money and a DGX one. One of them was the uh, the German Research Center for Artificial Intelligence, and the other one was in Switzerland, the uh, Dalmal Institute for Artificial Intelligence. Uh, that's in uh, the Italian part, I think, in Lugano part of Switzerland. They're offering four years of research funding and a DGX one system. So they're collaborating with with those institutes and and getting their uh, some of their research accelerated and off the ground there. And then the others, I guess they sold to these different groups. Um, but it was, I think all told it came to like five or six new DGX deployments across Europe over the last just a few months. Yeah, there are, there are a bunch of new deployments here. And the, another area that NVIDIA is, is talking about uh, coming out with uh, some new developments in uh, autonomous vehicles, that also got into uh, Jensen's keynote there, right? right. He's got a, a new preview of something codenamed Xavier. Right, that was, the, that was sort of the, the pinnacle of the keynote at the end there. They previewed uh, something called Xavier to... It's the SOC that has ARM cores in it and the 512-core Volta GPU. That's the next-generation GPU. Now, that that actual chip is not going to come out until the end of next year, so they were really previewing it far in advance, but they were just talking about it in the sense that this is going to be the next-generation self-driving car platform. It's actually going to go into the, into the vehicle itself, and it's going to replace uh, sort of a much larger... Uh, computer that's that's now in there, but the current generation technology, it's it's basically half the size and like a fifth of the power of of the current version. So it's going to be a big step ahead for these autonomous vehicle platforms. Uh, so he just talked about that a little bit. He didn't reveal much about the Volta GPU. That's still going to be under wraps for at least another year or half a year or so until they they talk about that in more detail. But it's interesting. They're actually sort of putting some of those feelers out there and, and talking up the the GPU. Another thing I should mention before I forget, going back to the DGX side of it, uh, NVIDIA did sell two DGX systems, DGX1 systems, to SAP, the German multinational, the uh, company that uh, puts out a lot of enterprise software to its very large customer base. I think it's got like 320,000 customers in almost 200 countries. So there's a big market there for, or that's a potential market for machine learning applications, and it looks like SAP is going to use these DGX1 systems to start developing some of these more advanced analytics applications that incorporate this deep learning and machine learning type of models into into their enterprise applications. I think uh, NVIDIA is looking at this as a, as a as a huge opportunity when they if they can sell more of their gear into into this area as deep learning sort of spans out from hyperscale into the enterprise. So I think they're looking at, at this type of thing with a great deal of interest. And even though I think DGX1, these DGX1 systems were purchased by SAP, I have a feeling NVIDIA just would have given it to them for free just to, just to spur that interest. Yeah, there's there's just been a lot going on. I I think you're right. They're trying to seed these these systems out there. I, we've already seen just from the first story that 
that there's interest in other architectures as well. Can you use FPGAs or, or other architectures for this? You know that Intel would like to catch up. I think that's why NVIDIA is really interested in keeping up the momentum while it has it. And, you know, they, they've got a regular drumbeat going now. This is not only the, the European conference now, but in a couple of weeks, they're going to have another GTC conference, October 26th and 27th in Washington, D.C. These are, you know, keeping the this cadence going before you come back around to their main GTC conference back in, in Silicon Valley next May. Yeah, and at, at that conference in May, we're expecting the Volta GPU to sort of be specced out there. I think they're going to unveil the Volta there. I don't think we'll have actual availability for any of those GPUs at that point. That's a little early, but I think they're, they are going to talk about that in some detail and make sort of the official uh, launch at, at the GTC in May, although I don't have any inside knowledge of that. It's just uh, sort of expected at this point The those, uh, those Volta GPUs are going to be used in the Summit and Sierra computers later in the year, early 2018. So uh, it looks like the rollout has to start uh, pretty soon, and, and uh, it, it just makes logical sense that NVIDIA is going to start, uh, start getting that whole ball rolling. As uh, we start looking at more of this confluence between HPC and hyperscale and where does big data fit into the whole thing, I've also got a webinar going on next week that Bright Computing's been kind enough to sponsor entitled The New Rules for Enterprise Computing. That'll be going on on Tuesday next week. You can watch my Twitter handle, at Addison Snell, uh, if you want a, uh, a link to the live webinar, or I'm sure it'll be available from Bright's website uh, after the fact. So I'm looking forward to doing that next week as well. And it sounds like you're going to be doing more traveling. It's a busy season. The SC16 uh, is coming up. There's a countdown to that. It's, it looks like it's really gearing up. A lot of, a lot of news and a lot of, uh, a lot of events coming up. It's the busy time of year every year. It's why we love this industry, Michael. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, thanks to you for taking the time for listening in on a busy week. You've been listening to This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.